Hey, this is Guido, host of the podcast you're about to listen to. Before we start, I wanted to talk to you about this month's AAF Houston's luncheon, Houston, Into the Post-Pandemic Future, featuring Dr. Steven Kleinberg, founding director of the Kinder Institute for Urban Research at the Rice University. He will share the results of the Kinder Houston Area Survey. For the past four decades, the Kinder Institute has been tracking systematically the continuities and changes in the attitudes, beliefs, opinions, and experiences of successive representative samples of Harris County adults. In this year's report, they summarize the most consequential changes and ask about their implications for public policy initiatives going forward. Once again, that is Thursday, March 24th, 11.30 a.m. at the Lot Hall in Hammond Park. For more information and to get your ticket, go to aaf-houston.net. Hey, welcome again, Admigos, to the Add to Houston Admigos podcast, a podcast for young professionals in the marketing and advertising industry who are learning to navigate their early careers. I am Guido Falcone. I am the Presidente of Add to Houston, joined today by my co-host. Hi, I'm Raven. I'm the uh, social co-chair. And as always, we're joined by our producer, Jacob. Hello, from across the room. Hey. <laughs> Today we're joined by Amy Scott of Amy Scott Photography. Amy Scott does advertising and um, farm-to-table photography, and she is also a Gold Addy winner. Hello, Amy. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me today. Hey, thank you for being here. We're very excited. Um, you know, Amy has worked with Add to Houston in the past. We had a great event called, what's it, Project Portfolio, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was a fantastic event we had about three years ago. We've been trying to do it every year since, but a little virus has been keeping us from <laughs> from being able to execute again. But Amy, um, you know, I've known you for a number of years. You've been involved with the club. Um, would you tell us a little bit about how you uh, how you came to know about Ad2 and AAF? Yeah, I got involved, I think it was, in early 2019, and it was actually because I saw a couple of the photographers I respected in town hmm. um, win some Addies. Oh. And so I, I had heard of AAF before, but when I saw them sharing about uh, their wins, I was really intrigued and asked them about their experiences um, and, and what else they were, you know, learning and growing from their connection with AAF. And so I joined. Um, after seeing that, and then that's when, uh, you and I and Rose got connected. I had the idea for the project portfolio event that we were going to do. And we started talking in May of that year. Man, it's been a long time, huh? <laughs> yeah. And we, you know, um, AAF Houston has some great photographers in, uh, in their membership, uh, of course, Amy being one of them. But yeah, I know what you're talking about because we have like, uh, what's this guy, uh, Lindstrom? What's his name? Nathan Lindstrom. Yeah, Nathan Lindstrom. He's a fantastic photographer. He basically wins gold every year. But you know, now he has a competition. Not that Amy is entering too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Nathan. It was Nathan Lindstrom and Michael Hart were the two people that really inspired me. But yeah, it was February 2019. I was like, I've got to learn about what's going on over there. It looks like they're having fun. Yeah, those are great people to take inspiration from. So we cover this a little bit, but um, what kind of ph photography do you specialize in and what kind of clients do you work with? 
So I'm a commercial and advertising photographer, and I specialize in telling food and agricultural brand stories. So that can look like uh, tabletop food in my studio. That can be lifestyle, a bunch of people sitting around a table laughing and enjoying something, or the actual more industrial agricultural side. Because I have a background in it, I'm really excited about getting out there and doing drone photography and other sorts of storytelling around the actual agricultural process of food production. Yeah, no, that's, like I said, I, I've seen your work before. I've been to a gallery, one of your galleries, and, you know, it's really beautiful photography. It really tells a story, and, you know, that's, uh, that. It, it's just, it's, it's amazing. I really, yeah, everything from the placement to yeah. the lighting to all that. It, there, there's a lot of elements that go into it, and I also really enjoyed your work in, you know, like agriculture. The kind of, you know, not just the presentation, but how does the food get here? So, um, how do you feel like your background as a farmer kind of like influences your work? So I was a small scale vegetable farmer for about seven years before I went into commercial photography. And that really shaped who I am. Um, Running that kind of a business is seriously complicated, Uh managing people, managing crops. And so I think that in some ways it, it made me exactly the type of photographer that I am and also the sort of business owner that I am because I already had so much experience just dealing with really complicated projects problem-solving, managing people. I see so many ways in which that work has, you know, informed what I do now because so much of it is just project management and problem-solving and watching the weather because you can't control that. (laughs) Yeah, those are skills that not everyone, I think, associates with photography. Like, right away, you just kind of assume that, you know, you pose for the pretty picture or whatever, but there's, there's so much... Yeah, You know, like you said, project management and all that. I think it's really interesting that these two backgrounds that you wouldn't think of immediately as having those kind of, you know, teaching you those communication skills, you find a way to highlight both of those. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, you're a photographer, you do a lot of freelancing work, right? So um, how do you go about, you know, finding new clients? Uh, You know, you go out looking for them, do they come find you? Uh, how, How does that typically work for you? So I have had my commercial photography business for about six years now. And so compared to some folks, you know, people who've been in it for 25 years, I am still very much in the network growing portion of my business. So it is, you know, a continuous focus for me. I find clients uh, very much through that constant networking. And that is, that can look like portfolio reviews. That can look like doing research on LinkedIn. Um, getting introductions through people. I'm also on several directory sites that are often used by folks in the industry, like Workbook. Um, And then there's just lots and lots of cold emails, just reaching out to people and introducing myself so that I can say, hey, this is what I do. Here's a link to my work. I love what you do. Uh, Let's talk sometime. And that is a continuous process that can take place, you know, over the course of multiple years before it may turn into a job. But it really is, you know, like, you know, this can be silly, but planting the seeds. You have oh. to, you know, really I don't know where you came to. out with that. Oh, there we are. But it, it is a, a yeah. continuous process. So a lot of the folks I've worked with, it is either 
people I've had relationships with over the last, you know, five years here in town, through AAF, other places where I meet folks, or it is through folks that I've been reaching out to and sharing my work and that eventually turns into something. Um, until I'm, you know, so well known that everybody, all of my ideal clients think of me by name, mm. uh, that will be probably what that looks like. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I mean, that definitely makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think a lot of us in this room and a lot of our listeners probably are also freelancers to some extent, right? And it's the constant networking, trying to find new clients, trying to find new projects. Uh, it can be a little daunting, but it's like you said, sometimes it can take months, it can take years, but really growing that those relationships through, you know, any sort of networking events or clubs like, you know, the art club. It's very important for our industry in particular. I think that just really drives home the importance of like always be networking. You you never know who you're going to rub elbows with. Yeah. So um, freelance work and remote work have taken on a new momentum uh, with the pandemic. So what do you feel like are the pros and cons to freelance photography? And how do you feel like that's changed over the past few years? Well, there were many times over the last two years I really thought about being in-house <laughs> with some friends somewhere. <laughs> I think that there's a, there's a lot of benefits to having that consistency. I haven't ever done that before, so I'm curious, you know, what, the, the, what that would look like. But freelance work is, is really wonderful, and it is really challenging. I have, you know, I potentially have greater creative freedom to show my work. Um, to maybe influence how the, the work that I do comes out. Um, and I also have a much higher earning potential being a freelancer. You know, there's only so much negotiation you can do when you're in-house for the certain type of role you have. But because I have multiple clients that I work with through the year, there's more negotiation involved in that. So that's, that is a, a huge pro of this. The con, though, is I have to hustle every single day to try and have that work line up. And the slow months can really feel brutal. I, I joke that, you know, when I became a business, my own business owner, I went from having one boss to having a hundred bosses. So that, you know, like, is it better? Is it worse? It's just very different. And so it can feel as if I'm constantly interviewing because I am. I'm constantly building these relationships and, you know, coming up with these ideas for work and seeing whether or not I'm hired for it. So you kind of have to have a thick skin. It's not really made for everybody because there is a lot of like, there's a lot of no's that you get before you get to those yeses. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's really insightful, honestly. Um, you know, I did freelancing for a bit during the f uh, first year of the pandemic. Uh, and it was a little rough at times because I was just trying to hustle, you know, call out my old contacts, say, hey, do you need anything? Are you looking for help? Um, but you know, just like you say, you have a little bit more freedom, but it, it, every, nothing comes, nothing's free, right? Everything comes with a cost. Uh, and I think, you know, some people are built for it, obviously like you, who, who are good at it, really good at like reaching out to people. I feel a little more comfortable in-house, uh, because it, you know, I know what my next project is every time, but, um, it's good to, to hear that from you because, Again, a lot of people who are going to listen to this are freelancers themselves and, you know, or might be thinking about it, right? And it's good to know what you're kind of getting into. Or also, I think, you know, just the advice of getting used to hearing no. no's yeah. like that. That's applicable to all of advertising. You know, oh, yeah. You're going to hit a lot of no's and being persistent like that is definitely a skill that you have <laughs> to have. 
I think having a sense of optimism, like really having an inborn sense of optimism, and that's something I'm constantly working on, to be like, you know, I can either be my cheerleader or I can be the critic. So you really have to, as a freelancer, (laughs) you have to be a cheerleader constantly. Like, you can do this, Amy. It's okay, everybody said no. Just keep going. The next one's going (laughs) to say yes. And you know what? They do eventually say yes. I'm I'm still here. It's possible, but it is, you yeah. know, you you dictate how it's going to feel, whether that's going to be, oh, it's plugging through another day. It's terrible. We're, it's never going to get better or <laughs> it's right around the corner. We got this. That's a really lovely way of looking at it. Yeah, that. I gotta I stay like positive. <laughs> so, Amy, you know, you are a freelance photographer. Do you have any advice for any young professional who might be looking into getting into that side of the uh, industry, right? Anyone or maybe in their 20s who's like, hey, I want to be a freelance photographer. I want to have more freedom with the things that I can create. I would say first and foremost, if somebody does not have experience um, assisting other photographers, that is the place to start. Um, That made an enormous difference for me and completely helped that that shaped my trajectory as a freelance photographer. And it works out really well because you want to be doing your own work, but you're building your own clients. So you can be assisting freelance as well and filling in the gap from your own project in in the meantime. But it's, it's so essential because freelance photography is so much more than taking pictures. Like Raven said earlier, it is the business. It is the organization. It is the problem solving. And if I hadn't had the opportunities to get onto some of these sets and see how photographers who have been doing this for 15, 20, 25, 30 years before me, if I hadn't been able to see how they managed the crew, how they built relationships with the clients and and what they did when things went wrong on set, I really wouldn't have been able to walk confidently onto my own sets at this point because I can't tell you how many times I was on set for myself doing a project and I think back to a time I was assisting and, oh, how did they do this? And what did we do that time? Or the client's upset right now. How do I phrase this? How do I encourage them? Or how do we get to the next step? So I think there's so much more than just seeing how somebody takes a picture or how they set up their light that you're getting out of those moments. And it's also in down moments, being able to ask questions. As you're forming your own business, you can say, hey, photographer, what, a, what do you think about this? Or how have you solved this problem before? So those were really like one-on-one coaching sessions for me many times, whether that was in the car driving to the place or back from the shoot or in other moments like that. So I would say ultimately what that is really saying is like mentorship, seek mentors, but by assisting you get to learn from other people's mistakes. And that is critical. Don't, you don't have to make all of those mistakes. See how somebody else does it and say, ooh, would I do it that way? And that, that gives you a whole breadth of experience that doesn't necessarily have to be your own um, to be able to move forward and, and be really successful for yourself in the future. Yeah, that's great. That's, uh, mentorship is such an important part of 
any industry, really, right? Uh, no yeah, one I, knows everything. I think yeah. back to my time on various sets, uh, either with Amy, I assisted her once or twice. And what? Um, yeah, I told you we knew <laughs> yeah. each other. I know, but this is for, for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, then. on just like throughout my time in college and um, so much of that was learning how not to do things. <laughs> um, not necessarily on your set, but definitely a lot in college of like, <laughs> you learn best through mistakes and yeah. by making a mistake with somebody else, you know, you kind of, uh, a lot of times you'll learn to make a mistake once. Because <laughs> there's some mistakes, like, you'll never make that again. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> definitely melted a couple of gels. <laughs> I have no idea what that means, but it sounds funny. <laughs> I'm sure you're familiar with the old adage, you know, a picture worth a thousand words. So when you're getting ready for a shoot, uh, how do you shoot, uh, set up uh, shots to, you know, tell the story that you want? For me, pre-planning is the essential part of, of getting any shot and making sure that it's successful. And so that is pre-planning and creative calls with a client that's treatments that are developed for clients and agencies, it's mood boards, it's clearly defined shot lists, it is, you know, a pre-light or tech day. It's all these steps before you're actually taking the image that help define exactly what that story is supposed to be, because it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily matter what I think the story is if I'm not doing this for myself. So that's why so much of that is communication steps, because I need to have an exact idea, exact examples, um, and a lot of sort of words to create the foundation of what, what it is we're trying to accomplish with any particular image. And that, that goes such a long way to step onto set and have a crystal clear vision for every single image, to be able to get there and get that shot. And then from there, we can play, you know, then maybe there's a little bit of time to explore a little bit more and say, hey, okay, well, that was good. What about, would this help us tell the story better if we change the angle a little bit more? Uh, let's adjust the lighting. And then you can go into this sort of looser exploratory space because you have that, that shot that was planned. But if I go out there without a clear understanding Guess what? It's like traveling without a map. You, you don't get to where you're trying to go if you don't know what the destination is. So I find so much of the success of getting an image that you are going for of that story is having an, a really clear understanding of what you're trying to do. I love the mood board idea, especially. I think I might have to borrow that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, and it makes sense, right? Because... The biggest part, a big part of it is of any project is planning, right? You can't just show up one day and be like, we're going to do it this way if you didn't plan like a good amount of time beforehand, right? Can you talk a little bit about your approach to making meaningful connections, right? You said that already you kind of touched on it about sometimes these connections can take years to flourish. So what, how do you work that out? How do you decide who you want to connect with? And you know, how do you make those connections be more than just a LinkedIn uh, connection, right? Just like a clicking a button. It is something I think I continually ask myself. I am an extroverted introvert. So I'm a person that like gets 
tired from interactions, even though I'm also excited about them. But I generally really love people, at least one-on-one connections. And so for me, I think what's really important is to not approach it as a transaction. I am not trying to, you know, reach out to X company just to get hired. Like, yes, I am. But if that's the only undertone of any dialogue that I have with the person I meet, it's not going to go anywhere. And so what I've found, particularly in opportunities like portfolio reviews, when I get 20 minutes to talk to a brand representative or somebody from an agency, it's really about having actual curiosity and interest in the person as a human. It's to see what your, you know, commonalities are. It's to see what they're excited about and what they are looking forward to. And so for me, what's important is to really approach them as genuine relationships, whether or not I know, you know, there's no way for me to know whether or not that will turn into work. But at least then I'm happy and excited to meet someone new. You know, I can see these all as potential friends or connections or mentors, people who have had long and interesting careers. And if I'm able to approach it from that mindset and not from a strictly transactional, I'm going to try and get a job from this person sort of mentality, which doesn't work because it does happen on that long timeline, then it can be a really joyful, interesting experience. Then I can just be grateful to connect with someone who's in an interesting line of work and has their own challenges. And, you know, I do research on folks as I'm preparing to meet with them, whether that's you know, a cold email to somebody I've been wanting to connect with or a portfolio review. I do some research. I see where they've been and what sort of things they've worked on. I've looked at their portfolios. So I can ask them questions and approach it just like I would if it was anyone else I was interested in getting to know. So that ultimately, I think, means that these are meaningful connections. And whether or not I become, you know, best friends with somebody hasn't happened yet, but maybe it could. I just see it as like that brings me joy to connect with people, get to know them, see what they're excited about. And and those relationships will continue. And they may stay at that agency. They may stay at that brand. They might go somewhere else. And those relationships, like each year or every few months when I reach out to share new work, it's something that can continue to build. But it has to come from that genuine place or it's just going to feel forced I'm not going to be able to muster up the energy for it um, because I don't like fake things and they'll know I'm being weird, you know? So I just think, I think it really is like trying to find that motivation and finding the, you know, the internal space and emotional capacity to be like, yeah, I know this is work, but this person's probably really cool and I'd like to meet them and I can show up as Amy instead of like robot trying to secure money in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. People really can like sense, you know, when you're being disingenuous, uh, you know, nobody yeah. likes to be just cold called with a copy pasted <laughs> message. Yeah. And I, I think it, it just makes a lot of sense, right? You don't, when a lot of times we're trying to set ourselves when we're going to networking events and I mean, to one extent, maybe that makes a little bit of sense, but if you're not making a meaningful connection, if you're not getting to know this person, um, you're just wasting your time because they're not going to remember you and you're wasting their time because they could be actually making connections with someone else uh, who is 
genuinely interested in them, right? Yeah, no, having a genuine interest in the other person beyond just, you know, what can we get out of this yeah. transaction is really important to networking. Yeah, it's not just, hey, you're the HR person for this agency. It's like, hey, you are this person who also happens to be the HR person. I, I think, right, it's that seeing them as humans. Yeah, people yeah. like to be treated as people right? first. Yeah. <laughs> not just as a job, right? Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> shocker there. But yeah, especially in the creative in the creative fields, like for me, the people I'm interacting with are super creative, interesting people who are also like, hey, they've got a cartoon on the side. They do this like cool, unique like type of drawing or design just for themselves. Like there's a lot of fodder. There's a lot of interesting things to talk about if you just like do a little bit of digging. You'd be like, yeah, tell me about that crazy thing you did, that book you wrote, that whatever. And I think that at least makes it way more, way more interesting and exciting for me. Oh, yeah. Creatives are a fun bunch to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> to wrap it, things up, you know, just a kind of fun question. You work a lot with food and whatnot. I can't help but feel hungry every time I look at your pictures. So uh, what is your favorite kind of food to cook for yourself? So this is a trick answer because what I love to do is try new things. And so that is why I have way too many cookbooks in my house. Because I always want to like open up a new one and try something new. And I recently splurged on the the New York Times cooking app. So I can also do all of my like just random research and get excited about things. But the next recipe I'm going to try that I'm really excited about is a red snapper ceviche. And that is, I had it at a friend's house a week ago and I was like, oh dang, I've I've got to I've got to try my <laughs> hand at this. So that will be that's the next one on my list and I'm really excited about it. Oh yeah, I love ceviche. How do you know mm. I've been craving fish all week? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, have had fish in months. Wait, no, tuna's fish, right? Yes. I have have had fish in weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um well Amy uh, yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for talking to us. Yeah, uh, it's been a real joy. Yeah, every time I get together with you, it's just the best time ever. <laughs> uh, I hope that we can see each other in person soon, um, you know, and that maybe we'll see each other at the next event that we have uh, coming up. Yes, that would be so great. And can I do a quick little pitch for something I'm really excited about? Of absolutely. Course. We'd love yeah. to hear it. Awesome, because this is totally relevant and um, is the is a community I've been excited to share about this with, um, which is a project I've been working on the last couple of months is a national LGBTQ plus photo and video industry survey. And so that is inclusive of, it's not just photographers, it's including art directors, creative directors, photo editors, producers, um, everybody who's involved in the production of these visual assets for brands um, and for agencies. And so I'm really excited about it. We're launching it um, coming up in February. And we're looking to get people from all over the U.S. to identify as LGBTQ+, and who are in this industry so we can share and talk about what's going on, what people's experiences have been like and and find ways to help support other folks in the community and help continue to build mentorship, community and support for folks that are sometimes getting left out of the equation. Absolutely. That sounds like a really exciting opportunity. Um, I'm 
really glad that you're putting together a network like that. So if you have people who are interested, how can they uh, get involved? Yes. If you go to the website queerthelens.com, that is going to have a link to the survey. It'll have a little bit of information about the group of us that are doing this. And we would love to have everybody take a look at it and share it with people that it's relevant to. Um, So that's for, you know, not just photographers and videographers, but also the agency side, art directors, creative directors, producers, and, and all the way to, you know, photo assistants, Digitex, everybody who's a part of the process. So that, again, that's QueerTheLens.com. I love that awesome. name. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's a great. And one last thing, uh, Amy, um, where can people find your work? Yeah, so my work is at AmyScottPhotography.com. And my Instagram is Photography.AmyScott. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much uh, again for all this time. And, you know, make sure everybody that you go look at those two things. Uh, they're both very exciting. And again, you know, yeah. thanks for thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks it. for your insight. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Now, before we go, don't forget to check out our upcoming events. Antu Houston is having our Mojitos with Amigos happy hour at Under the Radar Brewery on March 30th at 6.30 p.m. So make sure to come get your Mojitos with your Amigos. One last thing, Advention 2022 is coming to Houston. In addition to the National Student Advertising Competition, you can count on a full spectrum of speakers, a wide range of workshops, and limitless opportunities for professional growth and personal fun. Advention will be held from April 20th to April 23rd. For more information, you can go to aaf10.org. Thank you for joining us today. The Add to Houston Amigos podcast is produced at Radio Lounge. Add to Houston is a collaborative collective of young communication professionals, age 32 and under, who are looking to make a difference in the industry. If you would like to become an Amigo, join us at addthenumber2houston.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at addthenumber2houston. Thank you for listening.